I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to Strange and Sinister, where we talk about true crime, psychology, conspiracy theories, mysteries, and all things spooky and weird. Perfect. Woo! All right. I think this is the first episode where, like in like three weeks that I'm not sick. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sick this time. But I have a really interesting case to share today. And it's kind of weird because I feel like I didn't pick this case off of like any like any notion of anything. I just was like, oh, yeah, like I kind of want to talk about that. Okay. And then I realized it's another disappearance from North Carolina. And I really? just did Asia. It was a disappearance in North Carolina. And I didn't even like like I didn't know until I started researching it. And I was like, oh, my God. And it takes place in 2000. Okay. The same it, well, year as okay. Asia. Oh, really? Cause yeah. It, well, just a little sneak peek for next week's episode. Mine is also another disappearance. Um, and it's sort of in North Carolina. Whoa. But it's not your case because it's definitely older. That's a little sneak peek for next week. <laughs> That's interesting. I, yeah, I don't know. I just was like, huh. I've been really into... I got that free trial of Discovery Plus or whatever, so I've been watching yes. Disappeared. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that where you got this case from? Yeah. So That's, I used yeah. the Disappeared episode for this case, and I used a bunch of different sources, but the Disappeared episode is really good. So I used that as kind of like my main source. Um, and this week, we're going to be talking about the disappearance of Zeb Quinn. Do you know him? I know the name, but I'm not overly familiar with the case at all. But I've read up on it a little bit. Right now, I couldn't tell you a single detail, but... It's a lot of twists and turns and really weird things that goes on. So I'm very excited to shed some light on this case. It's technically still unsolved. Um, There's been an arrest. Okay. But it is still unsolved, technically speaking. Interesting. So, I mean, let's just get into it. Yeah. So, we'll start with some background on Zeb. His full name is Zeb Wayne Quinn, which Zeb is such a cool name. That is, yeah, that's like a main character kind of name. Right? I thought it was like Zeb short Quinn. for something, but it's not. It's just Zeb with two Bs. C-E-B-B. Nope, not Zebediah or anything. <laughs> Zebediah. <laughs> no. Um, he was born on May 12, 1981 to mother Denise Vlackis and his father and mother actually divorced at some point in his life. And after this, he didn't really have much contact with his father's side of the family. Uh, in the episode, they didn't they only mentioned his dad like once. And there was like a picture that came on, I think, when Zeb graduated high school or something where he yeah. took a picture with his dad. But. As far as I know, there wasn't really any, like, contact on that side of the family. Okay. So not being in the picture. No. Uh, so he was born and raised in Asheville, North Carolina. And Zeb was described by his mom as a docile and gentle child, uh, which I think is cute. Yeah. Apparently, he was just, like, a really, like, easygoing kid. And his mom said that he was a lot smaller than most of the kids his age uh, when he was growing up. And he was a little bit clumsier than the kids his his age. So he was just like kind of a... You know what? That's how my mom would describe me. <laughs> <laughs> my mom would be like, my daughter was annoying as shit. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he had many friends when he was younger because he was involved in sports and Boy Scouts. But his mom says that he didn't really have any super close friends. He just kind of had like acquaintances, okay. I guess you can say. And he's putting her paw underneath the door. Oh my gosh. Uh, His mother says that Zeb and his sister Brandy were super close growing up and that they were always together. And the main two talking heads of the Disappeared episode was his mom and his sister. So it seems like they all were super close. Denise said that Zeb had trouble with reading comprehension. And he believes that that might have hindered his social life growing up. So he was kind of... Not a loner, but he was kind of like, you know, not super social and not really like having a ton of friends. He kind of kept to himself. Yeah. And he took up fishing as a hobby and he really liked just kind of like being alone and like reflecting and like having that like patience to fish, which is really interesting because I would never. Me neither. My sister really enjoys fishing and she'll even go and do it by herself. And I do not get that pastime no offense to anybody who loves fishing (laughs) right I like don't have the I'm a very impatient person so I just don't have the patience to like sit with a stick in the water to get a little (laughs) fish for what to release it again I'm the same way I don't really know what the point is but no offense to anyone who fish fishes (laughs) that's kind of fun I've done it before so it's kind of fun I see the interest but despite this Seb felt like he didn't really fit in still until he joined his high school's junior ROTC program and he really really liked it he really felt like he fit in there and his mom and his sister said that he that they thought that he was gonna go do something in the military after high school just because of how much he loved ROTC and it was cool because then the disappeared episode, they had a bunch of pictures of him in ROTC and he looked like he was Aww. really enjoying himself. So I love that he found his like niche, yeah. his, his people. Also in high school, Seb was working in the electronics department of the Walmart on Hendersonville Road, which is really interesting because we have a road here called Hillsboro and I always call it Hendersonville because we have a Hendersonville, but I call it Hendersonville Road, but it's not that. And we might have a Hendersonville Road, too, but I don't know. So Patty King, who was Zeb's supervisor at Walmart, described him as extremely hardworking. And even though he was hired on as like a part-time worker, he always took on more hours and sometimes would go full-time. And even when he wasn't on the clock, he was at Walmart. And his supervisor described Walmart as Zeb's second home. Which is wow. kind of sweet, honestly. You know what? Our job is like our second home, right? too. Yeah, we're always <laughs> at the shop. I'm definitely there when I'm not even working. Right? Me, too. Yeah, I would consider that my second home, too. So I understand. I don't think that's weird in the slightest. No. Especially, like, you're in high school. You're trying to make money. And, you know, he it was pretty close with his supervisor and his coworkers. So Yeah, it's it gives you cute. somewhere to be. And exactly. Something to do. Like, hang out with your friends at work. Yeah. Uh, Zeb's mom said that the older ladies would come into Walmart and they would uh, completely adore Zeb, which is so cute. He was described as a sweet, laid back, thoughtful man by all who knew him. And he was never really caught up in the wrong crowd and never really attracted bad energy. He was kind of just very laid back in a sweet, nice guy. 
just chilling, living his life, going to school, graduating high school, like getting into it. I love that. I right? love that energy. It was great. But that all changed on January 2nd, 2000, when he was 18 years old. So we're going to get into kind of what happened leading up to his disappearance. So there's a lot of little details, which is very interesting. And I'm going to try to do my best to explain all of this because it kind of does a weird like back and forth, like within the timeline thing. And you have to kind of take one person's word as fact when it, you know, it you can't really do that. And it's kind of difficult to know exactly what happened. So we are just going to go through kind of the background leading up to his disappearance and kind of what is known about his disappearance and what we think happened. Organizing these timelines is very difficult. It's so hard. It was so yeah. difficult to try to figure out how to organize this in a way that it would make sense. They are not just sitting there ready for you to read on yeah, the internet. No. You know, you got to go investigate. Right. A little detective exactly so on january 2nd 2000 denise pages zeb a little before 9 p.m that night and pagers like, yeah i was yeah, like first what of all, pagers like, <laughs> i've only seen those in movies right yeah so pagers he had a little beeper because they didn't have cell phones so yeah. he had a little beeper uh his mom asked about having dinner together and she never received a page back from him, but she just kind of assumed that he was working longer because it was during the holidays. So she just thought he was working at Walmart during the holiday hours, really nothing to he said around ordinary. 9 p.m. Yeah, around 9 p.m. And she said that Zeb would always tell her where he was going, would always be in communication with her. So she was like a little bit concerned, but she was like you know what he's 18 years old like he must just be working longer yeah. hours it's really yeah. not that deep uh in reality zeb clocked out of work around 9 p.m that night and he was actually going to go with a co-worker to check out a used car that zeb was interesting in buying and that he'd been saving up for and that's why he'd been working longer hours at the walmart and him and this co-worker were going to go to a gas station and grab some sodas and then go see this car. That's a weird time of day to go see a car. Isn't it 9 p.m.? Are dealerships even open? Was it a dealership or a personal? I think it was like at a dealership thing. That's weird. Yeah, I wouldn't expect them to be open, but I mean, maybe they are. Right, I don't know. Uh, This coworker was Robert Jason Owens, but he goes by Jason, so we'll just call him Jason. And from this point on, pretty much Everything that we think we know about what happened to Zeb that night comes from Jason and Zeb's mom, Denise. Okay. So Jason says that the two went to a convenience store nearby to grab some sodas. And this is actually corroborated with CCTV footage. It is seen Zeb and Jason walking into the gas station. And then you could see them each separately paying for their sodas and walking out separately. So okay. we know that this part of the timeline actually happened. I believe this was around like not long after 9, maybe okay. 9:15. 9. 
Jason then says that he and Zeb both drove in their separate cars to the car dealership. But on the way, Zeb flashed his lights at Jason to pull over. And Jason says that Zeb got a page on his beeper and asked Jason if he had a cell phone. Being that it was in the year 2000, neither of them had cell phones. And yeah. Jason suggested to Zeb that he goes to the local gas station down the street to use a payphone. So Jason says that Zeb was kind of like frantic about this page. Um, he says that he doesn't know what was going on, but I don't know. Zeb leaves to go to the gas station and about 15 minutes later, he comes back completely agitated. So much so that he rear ends Jason's truck coming back. And Zeb told oh, Jason no. that he had to hurry up and leave and he had somewhere to be right now. He couldn't go to the car dealership. He was frantic, stressed. He had to leave. So he rushed away in his Mazda protege. And according to Jason, this was the last time that he ever saw Zeb. That is weird. Suspicious. At home, Denise is constantly trying to page Zeb and trying to figure out where he is. Because at this point, it's been about an hour and he's still not back home. Yeah. She thought maybe he went out with some friends or had a change of plans. But she stayed up all night waiting for him to page back. But she never got a reply. And by the next afternoon, Zeb still hadn't shown up home. And so Denise drove to the local police department and fired, filed a missing persons report for her son in person. And I just felt so bad on the disappeared episode. You could tell she just was so heartbroken and yeah. she just had no idea where to look, where to turn. She was saying she had no idea where yeah. in the world he where, would be he yeah, only he went begin? exactly he really only went home and to his job yeah she she knew her son was pretty predictable so yeah so she just was so lost she had yeah. nowhere to she didn't know where to look my leg is actually falling asleep oh, no. <laughs> i know i'm like sitting on my leg weird and i feel like it's about to fall asleep any second two days pass by with no sign of zeb we still have no idea where he went. But on January 4th, which is two days after he went missing, something really weird happens that kind of jumpstarts the investigation. So Zeb was supposed to work a shift at Walmart that day, but his supervisor, Patty, re received a strange phone call. Someone called her saying that they were Zeb and that he was not going to be coming into work that day because they were sick. Oh, isn't that creepy? Do you know, did she believe it was Zeb? Did it sound like Zeb? No. Okay. She <laughs> immediately was like, that is not Zeb. Uh, well, that's very scary. Right? So Patty immediately knew that the person on the phone was not Zeb. And so she asked who was calling, obviously. And she said that the phones didn't call outwards in the electronics department. So she tried to keep this person on the phone for as long as possible so th this girl was she's smart, smart. Yeah, yeah she was on like she had this shit down good for her so she asked the person questions like what department do you work in and they answered electronics and then she asked when were you supposed to be scheduled today and the person on the phone hesitated and didn't know the answer so she immediately picked up the other phone in the jewelry department and hit star 69 to trace the call back 
Genius. Yes. We need more people. What's her name? Patty King. Okay, we need more Patties. She's our world. queen of the week. Yes. Patty King, queen. Because how would you even like think to do that? Yeah. No. She was like, you, sir, are not Zeb. Exactly. She's like, I know Zeb. He comes in every damn day. You are not that person. And so when she hit star 69 to trace the phone back, it was traced back to Volvo Construction Company. And so Patty tells Zeb's mom, Denise, about the phone call, and they both go straight to the police. Coworkers from Walmart then started to connect some of the dots. And Jason Owens was well known to most of the employees at Walmart. And they knew that he only worked part-time night shifts at the Walmart. Okay. During the day, he worked at Volvo Construction Company. A little suspicious. Jason. So the police go straight to Jason Owens and question him about the phone call, obviously. He said that he did actually make the phone call and he admitted to it, but he said it's only because Zeb asked him to on the very same day, January 4th, to make that phone call for him. He said that Zeb wanted him to call in sick for him at the Walmart and that Jason was just doing his his buddy a favor. Why couldn't Zeb do it? Exactly. (laughs) But Jason said that after January 4th, he hadn't heard from Zeb. After further questioning Jason about what happened that night, the night that Zeb went missing, police found surveillance footage. They found the surveillance footage of them entering the gas station for the sodas. So they knew that that was correct. But they also found out that Jason called in late to work at the Volvo company the next day after Zeb disappeared. Apparently, Jason told his boss at the Volvo company that he got into another car accident that morning. And I think, actually, he said it was outside of a Waffle House. So I don't know why that matters, but that stuck in my brain. (laughs) It doesn't really matter where the supposed car accident happened but i just thought it was funny that he was like it was outside the waffle house this supposedly happened the morning after zeb disappeared and that's why he was late to work yeah and he said that he had a cracked rib and a head injury like yeah from a minor car accident yeah okay and there was no accident report or damage to his truck so like sir you're really sus jason like, why, like, what do you think you're even doing, sir? They realized that Jason was really sus, but they really didn't have anything else to go on after that. Like, there was really no evidence that Jason did anything to Zeb or had yeah. any more contact with Zeb after he disappeared. So they decided to dig through people who were reported to be close to Zeb. And police found a girl named Misty Taylor who recently became friends with Zeb. Misty Taylor sounds like a fake name to me. (laughs) It just doesn't sound real. Misty Taylor. Yeah, it sounds like another character name. Right? Or is this a book? I'm just kidding. Pokemon? (laughs) Yeah, that's... No, I was thinking of that too. I was thinking of Misty from Pokemon. So apparently Zeb and Misty met at a Christmas party like a month prior because this happened in January. Yeah. And Zeb started being romantically interested in her. And they were constantly talking to each other on the phone. Zeb got really invested in this relationship. But then Misty revealed that she had a boyfriend 
named Wesley and a child with him. Like a baby. Mm, snap. Yeah. So, obviously, this kind of hurt Zeb. Yeah. But he continued to talk with her and try to, like, pursue her, I guess. Um, he was still very much romantically interested in her and still wanted to have, like, a relationship with her. Yeah. Zeb thought that this relationship was must much deeper than Misty thought. And his family and friends didn't approve of this because his behavior was starting to change. He was starting to become kind of like, not aggressive. He, he was not the sweet young man, like shy, like gentle Zeb that everyone knew. He was starting to change. And that kind of scared the people around him. Which is, it's kind of sad. That is sad. And I don't know. When you're going through that, as Zeb was, it can be a really kind of confusing time for yourself, and it can really mess with your brain and your mood. So, but yeah, that's... Right? That's sad. It's really sad. Zeb, apparently, according to his mom, this is like how much his behavior changed. She kind of gave this story, and she said that Zeb took the family's Jeep to, to pick up Misty and her child to go to the mall without letting her know or telling her. And Denise said that she was super mad at him and that she was just like in shock that Zeb would just go behind her back like that because he never used to do that. And even his supervisor at Walmart was really concerned about him and saw that his behavior was changing. She felt like he was getting caught up in the wrong crowd, that maybe these people weren't what he thought. Wow. And Misty's boyfriend actually ended up finding out about their relationship. And Wesley was very angry. And according to Misty, he was abusive and just a shit guy, which I really don't know much more about these people. But I mean, from the sounds of it, it just sounded like an awful, not great situation. Uh, yeah, that sounds like. For everybody involved. Just a bad situation. Exactly. So Zeb started becoming really scared of the situation. And felt like Wesley was kind of out to get him. And Patty remembers Zeb just being really scared. Being at Walmart. Being like this guy is going to come after me. Like I'm in big trouble. Like I don't know what to do. So that's really scary it's it's a really sad situation and it sucks because i feel like zeb was just looking for you know a partner a friend someone that likes talking to him and you know he finally found like a girl that like actually liked him and wanted to talk to him and like yes. have a relationship and also with him. saw this abuse going on or heard about it and thought i could take care of her yeah so it's really sad because yeah. you can tell like he had good intentions. Yes. So it, it is really upsetting. On the night that Zeb disappeared, Misty revealed that she was home with her mom, dad, boyfriend, and a woman named Ina Eustick, who actually was Zeb's aunt. Yeah. Like what? That's weird. Do you know if it's Denise's sister or the dad's sister? It is his father's sister. 
Interesting. Yes. Uh, like I said earlier, Zeb's like father's side of the family wasn't present in his life very much. So Zeb didn't really talk with this aunt and she wasn't really present in his life. It was just kind of a coincidence it that might, they it was just shared very these weird. mutual friends or whatever. Yeah. So apparently Ina and Misty's mom were going to open a restaurant together. There's really not much more information about how they know each other. And they're all local to Asheville? Yes. Misty was too? Okay. Yeah. So it might just be like small town vibes. Like everyone Maybe. just kind of knows Asheville's people. all that big. Right. So I don't know. I just thought that was like a very weird coincidence. And they made like a point about this in the disappeared episode and on all the timelines. So it is a little weird. And she it does come back into play later. So it's a it's a strange situation. After this, police were then able to obtain Zeb's pager records and found out that the pages that made Zeb need to turn around and leave abruptly from when he was going to the car dealership with Jason were from his mom and his aunt, Ina. But he never, like, talked to her. And Ina is persistent, saying that she never made pages to Zeb. Even though it is confirmed that they came from her address, like okay, her well, page yeah, address. Yeah, you can't. That's technology. It, it didn't just happen, or didn't. Right. Yeah. It didn't just. Like, it was appear. her. Whether she did it or not, it was her pager. Exactly. Yeah. But she is persistent. She is determined to let these people know she did not make that these pages to Zeb. She confirms. That she was with Misty and her family at their home that night. How do you say your name? Ayana? Ina? Ayana? Yeah, Ina. Ina. Very interesting little, little thing. Um, I'm not really sure how they know each other. Um, and I'm not... I, I don't know. Does Jason know these guys anyway? It's not reported that they know these people people like at all that there's any ties between all these people so it's just so like weird. two very weird situations happening at this yeah like, around the same time in zeb's life yeah zeb had very little contact with his aunt prior to his disappearance and she still says that she didn't make the pagers the the pages it is very interesting because zeb's aunt later filed a police report stating that her house was broken into that night that she was with Misty and her family. Uh, she said, she even said nothing was stolen, but some things were moved around. And she went, she did this later, later on. Yeah. She went back and made, or she went and made this police report that it happened that night. Yep. Nothing was stolen. Things were moved around. That sounds like someone trying to cover something up even if she didn't do anything she thinks people are on her back and she was creating that additional scenario to cover her ass more right which is very weird if your nephew even if i would like if you were close if you even if you weren't close to a family member and you knew they were missing why would you not want to do everything in your power to just help right instead of just being further weird or further trying to protect yourself from this situation. Right. That's just very sus to me. It 
is so suspicious. Everyone in this story, yeah, everyone is, is I so suspicious. Don't know. Everyone, I don't. everyone is just being weird. Everyone's being leading weird. up to Zeb disappearing. Everyone's being weird, and it's just even more weird because he never had like weird bad energy. No, attracted to him. That's so weird. So just leading up to his disappearance, there's just like been and all situation. this was very new in his life. These yeah, people. Yeah, that's all weird, right? It, it's so suspicious, all of this stuff. Yeah. That, like, you don't even know what to make of it. Yeah, it's just all shady. Right? And it, right? It's very unsettling, but you just don't know why or exactly. what it is. Yeah. So, after thinking that a case has hit a dead end, a new piece of evidence emerged. A co worker of Denise found Zeb's car the Mazda protege that he sped off in, in the parking lot of a restaurant called Little Pigs. And it was placed there, like, in a very obvious spot where Zeb's mom believes that whoever put it there put it there on purpose for them to find it. And Zeb's grandma actually worked, like, super close to this place so they think that they put it there so she would find it but it was actually her co-worker that found it and this car like the weirdest shit the weirdest creepiest shit that you can think of so a pair of lips and an exclamation point were drawn on like drawn in lipstick on the back windshield a live Labrador puppy was found inside. What? Yeah. Like, like what? Excuse me? And the headlights were left on. Uh, like, hotel key card was found inside. And a jacket that didn't belong to Zeb. And a couple, like, drink bottles. What was the other thing you said before the drink bottles? A jacket? Jacket. That okay. didn't belong to didn't Zeb. Didn't belong to Zeb. Did they go to the hotel? I'm just, my brain. Is, <laughs> they so couldn't trace the hotel. Ah. They couldn't find out where that came from. And as far as I know, they haven't really done anything with this jacket. They couldn't trace the hotel. Yeah. I guess like it had no like defining features, I guess. They said that they couldn't figure out where it came from. That's weird. Okay. Right? Isn't that I don't that know how to odd? make sense of that because isn't it the hotel's always on the card? So I mean, not just... necessarily. Oh, I really? feel like sometimes they put like advertisements on the cards. Or, oh, like... maybe. I don't stay in hotels a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like sometimes it doesn't like say the hotel on it. Okay. It, okay. Yeah, you're right. It could be right. like super vague. And as, yeah, if it was even a smaller hotel, not one of those big chain ones, it might not have anything identifiable on it. Right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So, during this time, uh, a couple calls into the police and say that they had seen Zeb's car driving around downtown Asheville. And they produced a composite sketch of the person driving the car. And let me tell your ass. Who does it look like? It is the creepiest fucking thing oh. I've ever seen really? in my goddamn life. Let me show you. You don't even want to. I don't know if you even want to see it. It is so scary. 
Do I want to have nightmares tonight? You're going to have nightmares looking at this thing. Um, okay. Are you ready? I'm to prepare yourself. It's fucking creepy. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> that is creepy. Like, what the fuck is that? That, that does not look like a human being that looks like a skinwalker. Yeah, the eyes are so soulless. That's creepy. I think it was like, you know, it was the early 2000s. And I think they were like trying to see if they could do it like digitally. Okay, I was about to ask because it. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. And it just like looks like shit. And I don't know why they even put this out because it just looks horrid. Uh, It doesn't look like a real person. Mm-hmm. And. I think it's, like, on, like, a bunch of, like, lists on the internet of, like, creepiest, worst police sketches of all time. Because it's just awful. Police think that it looked, like, misty. But, like, I don't know how you even get a person out of that. It, like, doesn't look like a real person to me. Um, I don't know what Misty Taylor looks like. So I can't tell you if it actually looks like her. Or if they're just like, well, it has hair. <laughs> <laughs> it has hair. Like, I I guess. Um, yeah, I, I have no... I don't know what she looks like, so I can't really say. I don't think any pictures were ever released of her. I, I don't know. Oh, dang. I was going to look her up, but... Yeah, I don't think I they ever released any pictures of her, because... Um, I think they kind of decided a little later on that she wasn't a part of this. But, I mean, who really knows? Uh, Let's see. Police went back to speak to Misty after realizing that this sketch, I guess, kind of looked like her. Uh, and she claims that she has no idea what happened to Zeb. And they didn't have any evidence to say that she knew something so they just kind of left her alone they couldn't arrest her they couldn't detain her they just kind of left her and her boyfriend and her kid alone um there's i'm looking at that photo again it is just so is it creepy weird isn't it weird i'm like how are you supposed to like look at someone and be like oh yeah they look like this sketch they don't have eyebrows no like what it's not a like that doesn't even look like a person no i don't know where they thought that they were gonna get like tips from that like no one's gonna see a real human being and be like oh yeah that looks like the zeb quinn sketch that looks like a skinwalker very strange very very strange oh and i found the photo of the car with the lips yep the exclamation point yeah all these are going to be on our instagram on our website so you're going to be able to follow along with us and see all this evidence um yeah the lips and the exclamation point are very creepy that is weird we have like no theories as to why those were even there what's the point in that exactly yeah we don't we don't know (laughs) no one knows why those were drawn on there in lipstick no less i don't know and the puppy why was there a puppy inside of yeah oh yeah i forgot about the live live puppy live puppy 
But one of the investigators actually adopted the puppy. So oh, that's cute. <laughs> he's living his best life now. Yes. But Aww. yeah, no one knows. And they don't know where this puppy came from. No one knows where this puppy came from. That we came forward and been like, oh, that was my puppy. That yeah, no. My... I sold it to so-and-so. No idea. That's strange. Isn't it? Sinister even. <laughs> but yeah, police kind of, even with this mountain of, like evidence physical evidence in this car and the car itself like they have no nothing. dna they have no nothing. nothing nope which is interesting because if there were like drink bottles and stuff in there like or I the mean, jacket like i know this is like early 2000s so i guess like the technology really wasn't there but unless they got the dna but they couldn't match it to anyone because no you have to be in the system yeah right match. i don't know there's like no mention i'm of- in the system no, you're not. I was a teacher. I had to be. Oh, <laughs> yeah. don't get arrested. Nope, can't get arrested now. Can't do anything illegal. They'll get my ass. I'm not. I'm off the radar. <laughs> um, But yeah. But, no uh, one to plant my DNA anywhere either. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't take her trash. Um, Yeah, I haven't heard anything about DNA in this case. So I have no clue if they even tried. Which is interesting because like this is a pretty high profile case like it was very um high profile like at the time especially in North Carolina like around the same time that Asia Degree went missing yeah very interesting that this happened like a month earlier yeah I was about to say it's just about a month apart yep I mean it's not in the same it's pretty close though Asheville yeah Asheville is pretty close to Charlotte which was pretty close to where Asia disappeared. Um, yeah. North Carolina, the fuck are y'all on? I love North Carolina. I love <laughs> Asheville. Asheville's such a neat city. I wanted to live there for the longest. I've only ever been to like the beach. Like North Carolina, okay. like the yeah. beach. So I don't really know. Um, so yeah, they have like no actual like evidence against anyone right now. Despite all of this physical evidence in this car. Yeah. There's a lot going on. A lot of storylines. A lot of suspects. A lot of evidence. Mm-hmm. It, it seems and like everyone. All, there's no story. You can't. Yeah. It seems like everyone these... has a different story that they're telling about what happened to Zeb. Yeah. No one can get their facts straight. No. There's all these puzzle pieces, too, that no one can fit together. Right. But it, they must fit together somehow. This all has to be related right something something it's really odd and that is like what i was trying to say earlier that like this case has just so many pieces and parts that is just so hard to try to fit them all together and so many different narratives and timelines and yeah this must have been hard to research it really was i picked a big case and i wasn't like expecting it to be this deep me neither i didn't know this case was this deep I pretty much only knew his name apparently because none of the nothing else you've said has been has struck a memory for me. <laughs> so, police had nothing on Misty, her boyfriend, any of those people. So they kind of try to pursue other avenues. They had nothing on Zeb's estranged aunt either. So they tried to push past that weird little thing and. Zeb's case actually went cold for a couple years. But in the fall of 2001, police tried to pull over a driver. 
and the driver didn't pull over. They sped up. They started a high-speed chase. Definitely stand-up guy doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the driver also pulled out a gun and started shooting at police. Why would you do that? <laughs> so guess who this was? Mr. Jason Owens. Jason. <laughs> the guy who last saw Zub alive. He was charged with the DUI and a couple other charges and was sentenced to four years in prison. But even though Jason Owens seems like a shitbag, they still didn't have anything on Zeb's case related to this at all. Um, It was just, like, really weird that he did that. (laughs) Like, he just, like, what the fuck? Like, why? 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 You just gave yourself four years in prison. You could have just gotten pulled, pulled over, over right? and whatever, got the ticket. paid the fines. and Right? What? Dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah. So Zeb's case went cold again until 2015. 15 oh years after he went missing. His poor family. His mom. Oh, I know. I've Oh, God. His mom and his sister. Just yeah. horrible. So on March 17th, 2015... Jason Owens, yet again, was arrested, and this time for being involved in another disappearance and murder. Oh. So, he, um, oh goodness, this is insane, okay. Shit, Jason. (laughs) He killed Food Network star contestant Christy Schoen and her husband JT Codd and their unborn child. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He, like, annihilated a family. Owens admitted to killing the family, but he said he accidentally ran them over. And his car is wrapped up in (laughs) something again. So I... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Jason. So, like, what a fucking awful human being. Yeah. Um, Trash. Trash immediately. Take out the trash. Come on now. That poor family. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, he pled guilty to two counts of dismembering human remains, and oh. obviously he killed. Like he admitted to killing the family, so he's being charged with murder. Uh, and on April twenty seventh to twenty seventeen, as part of a plea deal, his attorneys reached. Uh, with I don't know how to say this this county buncombe b-u-n-c-o-m-b-e buncombe <laughs> i don't know uh sorry i'm i was so in my head about jason being a psychopath that's another hard thing when researching these cases is like i'm ready to tell like i want to tell the whole story like i'm ready to go yeah. and then i realized that sarah like has not heard this at all and so she's like shook. And I'm like, all right, I'm on shook, to the next you're on bullet to the point. Next thing. And I'm sitting here like, oh my God, he's a psychopath. Yeah, so this man's a fucking psychopath. Um, let's get that straight. Um, disgusting. Sickening. Jason Owens is an ugly ass motherfucker. I'm currently playing, uh, I'm saying he's he's the one. He did it to Zeb. That's T. So, um, as I was saying, in 2017, they reached a plea deal with the district attorney, Todd Williams, 
And Owens was supposed to spend between 60 and 75 years in prison without the possibility of parole. That's it? 60 to 75 years for killing a family. You killed two people and an unborn child. How is that 60 years? Right? That's not funny. Isn't that fucking crazy? I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, how are you not getting life or even the death penalty on the table for this? I mean, I guess. That just seems weird to give a time for killing three people. I mean, it was part of a plea deal. I don't know, like, oh. what the, the plea I mean, was. Like, he'll probably, I don't think he'll make it 60 or 70 years. How old is he? How old I, was he? I don't know. I, I think he was around, like, 30 or something in 2000. So he's probably, like, in his, like, you know, he's getting up there. So he'll probably make, he won't, he'll die in prison. Yeah. But still, it's just the fact that you're 60. 70 years that's it right and like what and even then he's eligible for parole right like what even was the plea deal though like yeah. maybe just like getting the death penalty off the table or some shit or maybe just like i don't know because like he maybe finding their remains because he was charged with dismembering human remains so maybe like hit them and something i don't know how are you <laughs> There's dismembered bodies, but you're going to say, yeah, I killed them, but I just hit them with my car. Right? He said, I accidentally ran them over. But they're chopped up, sir. <laughs> right. did, sir. Yeah. Did somebody did else do that? do that? Right? Like, did you do that on accident? Like, okay. Oh, shit. So, also in 2015, just a couple months after he was arrested for killing a family, um, the detectives that are still working Zeb's case said that they dug up fabric, leather materials, and unknown hard fragments under concrete, like a layer of concrete on Jason's property. According to the search warrant, um, investigators also found an unknown white powder substance as as well as metal and concrete pieces. Another part of the property contained... Numerous plastic bags containing possibly pulverized lime or powdered mortar mix. Um, so this man is a fucking psychopath. He's got, like, some crazy shit going on. Like, like, um, John Wayne Gacy type, type covering up bodies. I'm thinking, I'm wondering, well, I wonder if Zeb could have been his first kill. Yeah, right? And then he just, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how he knew this family that he killed. I don't know if he had any connection to them. I don't know how he knew those people. I have no idea. It wasn't, like, released how he knew them. But we're going to jump a little bit ahead. Just for a sec. In July 2022, it was announced that Jason... Yeah, July 2022, like recent. (laughs) Yeah. It was announced that Jason told investigators all the way back... Not really all the way, but in 2018, that one of his family members killed Zeb, dismembered his body, 
burn the remains and that <laughs> then you know they just forgot about it and moved on with their lives 2018 he said that okay well i'm thinking that he has this family member it. doesn't exist it's actually him right right cuz yeah you've been caught for dismembering two other people right so after jason killed this family investigators pretty much were like okay yeah you probably are lying and you killed zeb and you've just gotten away with it for 15 years and he can't i mean he's already in jail the rest of his life why can't he just come clean exactly like it's not like you can like get like you're already gonna die in prison like what are like it doesn't matter. Like, just give this family peace. Closure. Yeah, just let them move. Like, just know for sure. Yeah, it is um, sick and twisted. So, so messed up. The police basically believe that Jason killed Zeb because he was the last person to see him that night. And it turns out he was a fucking psychopath who killed pregnant women yeah. and their husbands. There's, uh, yeah. My gut's going that it's 100% Jason and only Jason. I don't know. I don't right. really think there's anybody else. So on July 10th, 2017, Jason Owens was indicted on the charge of first degree murder of Zeb Quinn. Oh, okay. And that's very interesting because there's no like hard evidence that connects him to that. Like there's no, there's no body. I mean, besides what they found on his property, I don't True, know if they're but- like finding dna out of that if they're trying to find out if those are human remains uh, it's really difficult so i think it's very interesting that they're like pressing this first degree murder charge against him with like this low-key lack of evidence when did they press that charge 2017 oh he has been awaiting trial since okay 2020 yeah well considering what he says in 2018 now they're like shit (laughs) yeah yeah, I just, I mean, if this goes to trial, I just hope, you know, they can really prove that he did it and that the law can't somehow be on Jason's side because they can't prove without a reasonable doubt that he did it because there are plenty of people who walk free for crimes like Casey Anthony. Oh, God. We need to talk about that when we're done here. Yes, we can. Uh... Yeah, it just, it, the law can fail sometimes. Right. Um, it's really sad. And it's really weird that they didn't, like, connect those dots until he killed another person. That, like, he was, like, very weird. He was the last person to see him. Like, whatever. And the part about misty and her boyfriend and that whole situation is so weird to me because there needs i mean i feel like they there is something at play there with his aunt with misty with like these people maybe or they're just shady people i mean maybe but why did seb get that page that night from his aunt yeah i forgot about the page he got a page from his aunt that night that he never talked to. Like, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. Maybe it was someone else using her pager. 
Maybe it was it Misty using it, her pager. Maybe, yeah. like, you know. I mean, honestly, that whole situation and if Misty used the pager to just say something and he got agitated about it, could have been about anything about, hey, Wesley's being, yeah, being abusive. Dick, yeah. Or just anything that could have just triggered him being in a mood. But I don't know why. And that just happened to have happened while Jason's also going to carry out this murder against him. And then he's also going to use it to be like, oh, all this shady stuff was happening. He was acting weird. I don't know what's up. Like, right. he hit my car and he left. It might have just been like a very strange coincidence. Just, yeah, it is that all, all of strange. the weird shit that was going on in Zeb's life just happened to be going on when Jason decided to murder him. I guess, because there's nothing that connects Jason to any of these other people. Exactly. Right? Jason only worked at Walmart. That's how uh, Zeb knew him. Yeah, exactly. Um, the weird thing, the only like weird thing that might connect Misty to the murder yeah. is that the couple, like the sketch, the couple said that a female was driving his car and that's how like they got the oh, sketch. Yeah. But, I mean, that sketch is like a piece of AI trash that like you cannot confidently say that that looks like Misty when it literally looks like a mannequin like a skinwalker not real person yeah I don't believe that that I don't know what to say about that exactly I want to look up what Jason looks like though oh yeah yeah Mm, he's rough looking yeah I don't know why I expected him to look younger but why would he? Yeah, yeah, right. And it's Aww. just, yeah, the people he killed. The I know, I know. It's that just is heartbreaking. So sad. It is heartbreaking, and like these pictures of Zeb, like just being like, you can tell he was just like a kind human being, that was just caught in a sticky situation and. He really was just wanting the best for everyone. He was close to his mom and his sister. Like, he was just, like, living his life, trying to save up for a new car. And this guy probably just senselessly murdered him for no reason. I, yeah. And obviously we can't say for sure, but, like, come on now. Come on now. It's all adding up. I think it'll come out, too, eventually. Oh, I think so, too. So right now we're just awaiting trial. I don't know when Jason's trial is supposed to be. It got pushed back because of COVID. It got pushed back because of this, that, and the other. It's terrible how long these things take sometimes. Right? The wheels of justice turn slow as fuck. Yeah. I mean, this man's already, like, in jail for the rest of his life. True. But he could have been in jail in sooner 2000 he could have and never and this family would have never been killed been yeah. killed if maybe somebody had looked harder at the evidence or just checked out jason more right his story more anything right. there is a chance he could have been caught then and put away for killing zab if he did it i don't know why they didn't like interrogate him some like I mean I don't know if they have enough evidence to like bring him they might have not really could I mean maybe they really couldn't have done anything else right um I don't know I mean I'm definitely like not 
digging at the investigators because they probably were just doing the best with what they had. Like, yeah. It was just a very confusing situation. And I know all this stuff with like Misty and what was going on in Zeb's personal life kind of clouded. It did. It clouded me. A for, lot. Yeah. yeah. It like clouded the vision of the investigation, the investigators, because that was a big part of what was going on in Zeb's life at the time of his disappearance. Yeah. That like, obviously, like you need to look at all avenues and, and see. And it lined up that he did get this page he was at like he it probably would have caused agitation and he left that storyline made sense because it could be corroborated corroborated <laughs> uh by the fact that he received an actual page from Ina yeah. who is involved with all these other people in his life that is a shady situation and within it could be motives to kill him yeah. So I get it. I get why they were looking in that direction. So oh, absolutely. definitely no shade at the investigation. Yeah, no, but. not at all. But I hope that Jason admits to whatever actually happened that night. I hope so. It's just so sad. I am just very like curious as to how that might have occurred. Because they were each in their separate cars when they were on their way to the dealership. So yeah. I'm not really sure... And also, there's no, like, CCTV footage of Zeb, like, going back to the payphone or anything. So, I don't know, like, why he added that in there, if that wasn't something that happened. I'm not quite, yeah. you know, I, I, like, don't know. But I also don't know anything about Jason's car, if they ever, like, looked at evidence in there, if they ever... You know, I don't know, but I'm really hoping that they have something on him that cannot be disputed and that he will be put away for the rest of his life. He should be anyway for senselessly murdering a family, but I really hope that Zeb's family gets justice super soon because it's just a sad situation and he just seemed like such a nice guy. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking back to when... He was in prison for four years for the driving incident. Yeah, he was in prison already. So he's already in the system. And that was in, I think that was in like, when was that? 2001? Okay, that was pretty quickly after. Quickly after Zeb disappeared. Yeah. So it's very interesting. That is a very sad case. Yeah. That was the case of Zeb Quinn, the disappearance of Zeb Quinn. Technically, it is still unsolved because we don't have a body. We don't have a confession. So, I mean, we still don't know for sure what happened to Zeb. But we have kind of a clearer picture now of what may have happened. I have a rough idea. Yeah. I think we all can connect some of these dots. But, yeah. um, Let's take a second and let's talk about this fucking Casey Anthony docuseries that's supposed to be coming out. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's not much on it yet. It was just that 30-second clip that mm-hmm. was dropped of them. They're going to release a miniseries interviewing Casey Anthony, which I just don't think she deserves a platform whatsoever. Um, I, yeah, I just I don't think it's good. Even if they're going to drag her name through the mud or give her health or, hit or anything, I don't know what's going to come of it, but I just don't think she deserves the attention whatsoever. Absolutely not. 
And she can never. There's nothing that she can say that can. No, like, and she's protected by the law to never, ever, like she can never be accused for what happened to Kaylee ever. No, like, she can protected. literally say, she "I could, killed my daughter." Yeah, and nothing will happen because she's protected she, by the double jeopardy law. Yeah, there you go. She um, can't be charged with this crime again. Yeah. So she could literally say, "I killed my daughter myself." Which she did. She absolutely did. Yeah. There is no doubt in my mind that, that she, she killed that. Kaylee. But yeah, she can just say that and nothing will happen to her. She can't be tried again. And I know... She's a liar. Everything out of her mouth, she's like a liar. Yeah, no. There's no point in making this docuseries because she's going to lie regardless of what you ask her. And the, she doesn't, the truth she, doesn't come she out never, of her mouth. Even as a child, she never told the truth to no. anyone. She was just a habitual, constant liar about everything in her life. Yeah, so I don't know what these filmmakers are thinking making this docuseries. It's kind of sick and twisted. And I know there's a lot of like hypocrisy I guess like that Dahmer series that just came out and like everyone's watching that and like why should yeah. we watch that and not watch the Casey I mean, Anthony yeah, documentary I'm all for those conversations because they do matter and I'm saying I think the Dahmer show should have never been made I agree because they did not consult the, the families. families that's a big deal to me but there is a big difference that it's not them, like, take, like, it's not Jeffrey Dahmer himself sitting down and yes, speaking and lies. It, yeah. And, and he's free from the law, able to say whatever the fuck he wants to say no. about these victims and get away with it. That, yeah, that, yes. There's a big difference. I think it is just awful that they are allowing this woman to just freely speak on the murder of her daughter make money off of the murder of her daughter yeah it is sick it is sick and twisted if she cannot face a day even a day in jail another day you know for killing her daughter she does not deserve a platform to speak on it no she's protected by the law she can't and the son of sam law doesn't apply because she was never actually charged with the crime. So she can make money off of really? this. Really? Yeah. Ew. What? She can make money. I mean, I I don't know the logistics, but I'm pretty much assuming she's profiting off of this somehow. Yeah. I've s- yeah, I'm not going to be tuning in. I suggest I not, that no. no one else tunes in. She does not deserve a platform. She does not deserve to be able to make money off of talking about this. She doesn't deserve to be able to speak Why? about this. Why would they do that? I have no idea. I have no clue. I don't know what the reasoning is. I have no idea. And like, why? why would she agree to do this now? It ju- I have so many questions and I don't even care if they go unanswered because I'm not watching it. I just, this, I can't imagine why this streaming service would think it's okay to create this series. Right? 
I hope that with all this backlash that they just decide not to release, release it. I, I really hope. I know that that's probably not going to happen because they probably spent like millions of dollars producing it. And I think they thought it was, you know, true crime is in right now. You know? Yeah. I hate to say that. It's true, though. But like, people eat up the fucking true crime documentaries and yeah. the, the dramatization shows and the, you know, all the shit that's coming out right now. That's why Dahmer did that, so well. Yes. But, yeah, and those... It's just is so it unethical, just leaves, though. It's unethical. Yeah. It's just so unethical. And it... Oh, I I really hope that the victims' families from Dahmer... Like, the Dahmer show got some sort of compensation from I that really show. I really hope. Because it was so fucked up after I learned that they did not consult the families whatsoever before producing this, making yeah. this, releasing it. Like, on one hand, it's great that they portrayed it so accurately and told the story accurately. I get that. But on the other hand, they did not. These families went to their Netflix screen one day and just saw his name on their screen. Evan Peters dressed exactly like him, portraying Jeffrey Dahmer immaculately. And then all these other actors portraying these victims immaculately and no one could have prepared them to have to log into their Netflix one day and see, see that. their family member being portrayed in this show about their lives. Right? And uh, what I think a lot of people don't get is that these people are like real. They're living currently. They're like relatively young. Like this did not happen like 50 years ago. True. Yeah, it is very very recent. Like, these people are, like, still living their lives. I know yeah. it's, like, it's a little bit different when, like, the victims or their families, like, agree to have their stories portrayed. Yeah. And it 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 makes a big difference to have that, like, knowledge that these people know that this is happening getting some sort of compensation for it you know yes it it's just heartbreaking to me to to have learned that they just were not even told that this was happening and i don't know not to keep rambling yeah that was a ramble that was a ramble <laughs> but <laughs> i mean shit don't watch the casey anthony show do please. not don't watch that shit um that's absolute fucking trash like, I'd rather you watch literally anything else. Listen to any number of good podcasts cover yeah. Kaylee Anthony's story yes. and what happened to her. True and Crime will, Garage yeah, did, true like, crime a, garage. like, four-part. Red Handed did really good. It went super in-depth. Yeah. And I appreciated that because I also learned from them things I never knew about the case. So, right? definitely, instead of going to that unethical source covering this case and giving this bitch this bitch a platform uh go you know find an ethical podcast who covers the story much better and focuses on the death of this little girl and yeah. not on the fucked upness of her crazy yes. ass fam mom specifically mom yeah, yeah. i'm yeah okay 
anyway guys thanks for listening um as always i just wanted to give a little reminder that you can send us case suggestions on our website or even on our instagram on our twitter on our yeah. whatever the fuck or even in person yeah or you know like, yeah some of you see us all the time i know who you are we know who you are if you're a true crime person like you say you are <laughs> you can give us some ideas of what we should talk about next we always want it to be you know something you want to listen to and also something that needs to be covered. So if you know something, let us know. Yeah. But this, this felt like a long episode. I mean, it kind of was. Zeb's case was just a lot of twists and turns. And I just wanted to go a little bit more in-depth than usual. I appreciate that. Because I didn't know how in-depth this case was. Yeah. I mean, not that I don't go in-depth on all the cases that I cover. I just mean, like, there's a lot I needed to say. There's a yeah. lot that needed to be said. Yeah. Um... So yeah, stay strange, maybe? Stay spooky? We'll see you in the next one.